The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. It is Monday morning, everybody. Did a little different than Sunday night, but uh, same people coming at you. Jeff Erickson, Scott Jensen, all talking baseball on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast starting next. Happy Monday morning, everybody. A little bit uh, different than normal, but welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Scott Jensen. Joined, as always, uh, on this version of the podcast by Jeff Erickson. Uh, Jeff, it's been a couple of weeks since I spoke to you virtually, but we did have uh, we did have dinner this weekend, which was uh, which is really fun. But uh, how are you? Doing well. Um, yeah, it was fun doing the steak dinner on Friday. Uh, it was it was good doing that. Chris List was in usual form. We had a couple of drafts a football draft and a baseball draft. So that was good at the dinner. So that was fun. Uh, I'm excited. Our Reds have called, uh, called up uh, Christian and Carnacion strand. Yep. They had a really tough weekend against the Brewers Brewer. I'm not, I gotta say, I'm not surprised. The same thing kind of happened two years ago where they had a wraparound home and away series with the Brewers uh, sur- uh, surrounding the all-star break. And it went similarly badly. Uh, so, you know, I like that they're trying to do something about it, though. Add some offense. We'll see how it gets it all to fit into the lineup, though. Yeah, baseball is such a long season. You're going to have some 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 downs for sure. But uh, that was a tough time to lay down just the, the team right behind you, too. So, yeah, the Reds are uh, have slipped in the second place. But, uh, you know, still in a good spot as we uh, we enter the second half of the season here. Uh, yeah, Corbin Burns was nasty against them. I wonder if uh, he, he looked uh, he looked uh, the most back he's been all year. That was about the best he's looked. But uh Speaking of uh, standings, the AL East is wild right now, Jeff. The uh, the 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 Jays, the Orioles, and the Red Sox have all won eight of ten, uh, moving the Yankees, who still are somehow like five or six games over, but into last place, tied with the Red Sox. The Rays, who uh, you know had that unbelievable start, now have a one game lead in the East. Uh, this is an unbelievable division of baseball. It's stacked, and we knew it all along. I mean, we we said it all along, but yep. it. You know, the Red Sox really kind of stepped it up, too, because they were at one point like a game over 500. We were talking about maybe, you know, them being sellers at the deadline. And I think the opposite is now more likely. Uh, now, there's still nine games out in the, in the, the division. But, I mean, it, it's it's just loaded. Uh, you know, you look at this here. The Orioles and the Jays are already in as uh, wild card teams right now, but they can't rest. Uh, Orioles, I mean, the Orioles are looking pretty good. They're six games over the pack. But, uh yeah, he, he, really impressive. And the fact is, you got the Astros still hanging in the wild card race. They're the third wild card too. I mean, yep. this is the—I'd say the American League is ridiculous right now. 
Well, the American League West and East, yeah, the Central is uh, yeah. still uh, still muddling along there. But yeah, Boston and New York are only two games out of the playoffs right now. It's mm-hmm. wild that we're at we're, we're July seventeenth, and all five of the East teams are within two games of the playoffs. It's uh, it's definitely crazy. We're gonna have we have uh, all the playoff teams from the from the East and the West. You you mentioned the Astros; they're they're three games back of the Rangers. Rangers still hanging in there uh, really well. Uh, I want to ask you, like, we, we're, we're two weeks away from the trade deadline. Uh, as we look at kind of fantasy leagues, uh, did you find yourself kind of thinking about adding people who might get impacted by the deadline? Did you hold on to someone who you think might uh, slide into a job? I was uh, I was back and forth with Giovanni Gallegos this week. I think that, uh, you know, the Cardinals, we wouldn't have guessed they'd be sellers at the start of the year by any means, especially in the NL Central. But they're 11 and a half out. They're 13 games under 500. Um, you know, they're uh, they got a lot of teams in their way, too. It's not like there's just one or two teams there. They're in last place. Um, I held on to Gagos because I think they're gonna they they may uh, they may trade their closer and uh, you know when when that happens maybe Gallegos maybe they trade Gallegos too I don't know but it probably would have been a drop for me but I think I'm gonna wait a couple weeks and see uh, how that situation kind of clears itself out. So I, I on a similar sort of mindset uh, I declined to trade for Jordan Hicks okay. uh, because first of all we don't know how much job security really has the way Ollie Marmel has used that bullpen in the last year and a half hard to really say that he's a capital C closer. Right. And he's probably going to get dealt. Um, That's so. I mean, they, they've kind of used him as the capital C closer. Helsley's been out. We don't know what happens. He comes back, but you're right. I think that, I, I mean, who else do you, I mean, I, we're looking at the, the, the Mets and the Cardinals are the two like surprising ones. Do you think they're both sellers at the deadline? Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, there's going to be one time team that surprises us as a seller. And one team that surprises us yeah. as a buyer, like one of those, one of the, Angels, Cardinals, Padres, and Mets will be a buyer, yep. I predict. That's a that's a good group right there because they're all teams that you know expected to be contenders and are not there at the moment. I mean, the Angels are two games under, but they're they're six games out of the wild card with both Boston and New York in their way. That's a that's a good stretch. I mean, obviously the the Otani trade, whether that happens or not, will be the, will be the biggest news of the deadline. I don't think they'll do it. Um, I would probably argue that maybe they should, but I don't think they will. But you're right. That's a, that's a good group of four teams that are supposed to be good and aren't right now and maybe won't uh, maybe won't fully uh, give up by this point. Yeah, tough loss for the Angels last night. Um, they had to, that series was crazy. Insane. Yeah. Was, Saturday night was just stupid. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in a good way, in a funny way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, that game, you know, like, okay, we can build off this. Yes, we got some momentum going. We're going to do this. And then yep. tonight, eh. They've lost two out of ten. Two of their last ten. Eh, they've won two out of their last ten. They're two and eight yep. out of ten. Spit it out, Jeff. Come on. Yeah, it's the um, time of year where if you're on the kind of the edge of that contender, you can't have a two and eight stretch because suddenly you move from buyer to seller pretty darn quick. Uh, what are the percent chances you think they, they, they trade Otani in two weeks? 50-50. Oh, I think it's way lower than that. That's interesting. I think it's, I'd probably would have gone like 1585. Yeah. And I would have like uh, two weeks ago, but I mean, the trout injury, the the way they've played lately, uh, I mean, they got another big series. I think they face the Yankees next. I mean, they, they, this is another direct competitor. Um, they, they yeah. need to make up some ground. They can't just, and just like going winning, you know, just they're, they're getting to the point where they're going to have to get some sweeps in here soon. Um, yeah. They need a they need a good stretch pretty quick. You're right. They they play New York, but then they play Pittsburgh and then Detroit. And they're going to need to have a good stretch there. And then they're at Toronto, so they kind of they bookend some some tough series with a couple of uh, potentially easy ones. But yeah, these next uh, these next two weeks are fascinating for the Angels as a franchise. Uh, the Major League Baseball as a whole. If Otani moves somewhere else, I just I'm curious if I mean obviously he's the best player in the league right now. I don't think we can argue that. But you wonder 
for a two month rental, what uh, what that uh, what that price tag looks like. It's it's still got to be pretty huge. Has to be. I mean, two months of him is is massive. And you know, for you talk about you know looking for someone to put you over the top. I mean, he's the he's the he's the absolute obviously the elite guy. I would say though, I think there's a little bit of an incentive for like acquiring teams to go out and try to trade for him now if you're going to be in on the signing. Hope he, like, oh, hope he has a really good time. Enjoys your city. Enjoys exactly. two months of competitive baseball and and uh, and and signs right. And Dodgers. Signs, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, I, I did uh, Dodger Heads. Uh, it's a podcast uh, with the, on the Blue Wire Network. I did uh, some live oh, uh, things with them in Vegas. At the they have a stu- Blue Wire has a studio at uh, the at the Win, and it's really oh, sweet cool. actually. Nice. Um, but we we're talking about it's like get him introduce. You know, the Dodger culture is supposed to be a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Um, if you're going to be making a big selling point, why? And you want, and he wants to win. He wants to be on a team that's charging for it here. Well, yeah. the Dodgers are perfect for that. I mean, they and they have prospects to deal. Um, yep. The Rays have prospects to deal. The Reds have prospects to deal. Uh, I, I, the Orioles have prospects to deal. These are all teams that should be like making a push. Now, I don't know about the Orioles in terms of like, or the Reds in terms of a free agent destination, but. I was going to say, would you want, you're a Reds fan. You've been a Reds fan for a long time. Would you want the Reds to do it? Oh, of course, yes. Okay. Who, Even if it means giving up some blue chip guys and of going course. for it. Okay. Right. I mean, short of Ellie, yes. Right. Yeah. And I, you, I mean, and you know, realistically, he's not signing there. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect he's signing somewhere right. in the, he's, I think he's going to sign a, a coastal big market team. Um, I agree. But, you never know. I mean, maybe he and Ellie become best friends, but yeah, I don't think he's signing there. I don't think they can afford to sign him anyway. I don't think right. they. Well, they they probably can't af- can't afford to sign him. Oh, I don't think they will afford. Well, to Ford sign ain't him. got nothing to do with it. Uh, yeah. To use a uh, phrase, you know, to misuse a phrase uh, where it wasn't a Ford, but deserve ain't got nothing to do with it. But <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think they're going. I don't think they're going seven hundred million million for anybody though. Right. Um, yeah. Padres are an interesting team here. Uh, on Saturday, they were they had just beaten the the Phillies on Friday. They had gotten to three games under five hundred. Uh, and playing pretty good ball. I talked a little bit about him, them uh, at the break, talked a little bit about them uh, and Beeson about their chances of making the playoffs. I still thought they had a reasonable chance. The Diamondbacks are faltering. Yep. Who knows about the Dodgers and Giants? They're playing better, but they have flaws. Um, and then, and they had a three nothing lead. Blake Snell was dealing. They yep. blow that, the bullpen blows that lead against the Phillies. They lose that game. They lose, get swept in the doubleheader, lose again in extra innings last night. I mean, they went from like, okay, good vibes all around. We're going to make a run. We've seen them go for it before, too. They're on sell watch right now. Yeah. Um, yeah they come come out of the break and get swept. That's like it's just exactly the opposite. Three out of four. They yeah. They won, oh, they won the first. Oh, that's game. right. They had, they had the doubleheader. That's right. I forgot yeah. they had. They, they were the one team that had a four game series. But yeah, right. to get to lose, uh, lose the doubleheader and then lose on Sunday. That's uh, oof. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's rough. They're right on the edge. Speaking of the NL West, uh, hold on. Hold on. One more thing on the Padres. Yeah, sorry. Please sorry, do. Sorry. Go, go, go. Uh, yeah. Soto isn't signed long term. He's got another year left, but sign Otani, trade Soto. Could happen. Just saying. Interesting. I uh, I had it in my head that he was signed. That's really interesting. I thought, I guess because he, he got traded, I just kind of assumed he signed, but he really hasn't. Huh? He got traded with two and a half years left, remember? Yeah, that's right. Um, um, so, yeah. It, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, Soto's not really to blame for them their shortcomings, although he could have been better earlier when they didn't have Tatis. Right. Uh, but, I mean, Machado's finally waking up, but he's been he's having a way down season. And it's just – it's just – they just don't have that sum. Like, yeah, it's, it's just missing. Uh, so that, that's a very interesting team for me coming up on the deadline. What do they yeah. do? 
Yeah, it really is. I'm looking at Soto. You're right. He's arbitration eligible next year, then an unrestricted free agent going to 2025. For some reason, I had in my head that he had signed when he when he got that. But you're right. That's uh, that's interesting one. You're right. The Padres are very Padres and Angels are probably the two most uh, most interesting at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into to previewing Week 17, uh, the NL West is that you mentioned the Diamondbacks faltering. They have lost. Uh, they lost eight of the last ten. They are finally out of first place. Not only out of first place, down to third place. The Giants passed them too. Giants have won five in a row. Uh, do you consider the Giants uh, a, a real team here? How do you feel about uh, the Giants, who have definitely overplayed expectations this year? They could be a real boy. I wasn't yeah. sure. I mean, I, I still am not sure, to be honest. But, I mean, they've been playing as good a ball as anybody for the last two and a half months. Um, and I, I got to say, uh, I, you know, I, I keep doubting them. Now, they did sweep the Pirates, who are the Pirates. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of want to take that with the appropriate grain yeah. of salt. But – this is a team that can't get anybody to take their money. They're weird. They, I mean, any of the big name guys, they, yeah, they've tried. They can afford Otani. They yeah. absolutely can. Now, do they have the prospects? I think so. I mean, Matos would have to be involved. Um, others, but and the thing is, most rentals, you're like, ah, the prospect price isn't going to be worth it. You know, you know, it's like it's just a rental. When it's Otani, I think it's different. And when you got a chance now in today, especially today's environment, you get into the tournament. We saw last year with the Phillies and Padres. Just get there, make some hay, and they, they can still win the division. Yeah, I mean they're right there. They're game and a half, uh, game and a half behind. It's uh, it's gonna be fun. I it, who knows how these things ever work out. But you're right, they do have the prospects. They have Kyle Harrison in AAA who walks a lot of guys but strikes out a ton of guys. A super interesting prospect. And you mentioned Matos. Uh, mm-hmm. They have Marco Luciano at AA too. They've got it. They've got a pretty good group of kind of blue chip guys that if they wanted to 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 you know give up uh, one or two of those, they they do have the pieces in play. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So let's jump into the uh, fantasy world here. We got week 17 coming up. We got a full week. Uh, you know, we had, we come off this, uh, the also break. It's kind of a quiet week fantasy wise, you know, the, the week before in fab, you're like, oh, there's only three games this week. We're not really dealing with a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, games to look at, but this week coming up is big. There's 11 teams with seven games in the national league. We have the uh, giants, Cardinals, Reds, Cubs, the American league. We have the A's Mariners, Orioles, Rays, Twins, Tigers, and Royals. We do have a five-game week with the Rockies this week. Never fun there. They do have a couple games at home, but uh, a tough week if you own any any Rockies hitters. But uh, what? Uh, who do you like for offense this week? You're looking fab this week. I thought there were a lot of teams that had really good schedules on offense. So who are you looking to kind of exploit this week on the offensive side for fantasy? Well, you mentioned the Giants, and I think we got to start there. Uh, yeah. Cincy at Cincy at Washington. This is a much better road hitting team than home hitting team. You know, you know, it's, it's, we've always said, you know, Giants and Padres, you tend to think, okay, let's get their hitters when we're on the road. Um, and that that's definitely the case, especially Washington, too. I mean, sneaky, good team to always get your bats going against. Yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. Since he watched him, we love our Reds, but uh, their pitching staff obviously has uh, has not been great. Uh, not a lot of good numbers there. Um, yeah, the, the and they the, the with the uh, with the Nationals, they get uh, they get Jake Irvin and Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. You know, Josiah Gray was an All Star, but I don't think we fear uh, facing Josiah Gray. I, I like our Reds a lot this week. Uh, seven seven home games for the Reds, four against the Giants, three against Arizona. We mentioned Arizona faltering a little bit. They miss Zach Gallen, which is key. You know, anytime you look at Arizona, you're like, well, as long as I don't face Zach Gallen. Uh, you're pretty happy with that, and they they do not on the Giants side. They do get uh, they do get Logan Webb, but you know they get Discofani, Ross Stripling, Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb's been good, but uh, you like a couple of those pitchers there. I think the Reds should score a lot of runs this week. We see probably see a lot of runs across baseball. It's hot everywhere. Um, you know, a lot of games. I think it's uh, gonna be a big offensive week this week. Agreed. Um, I think on our list we also talked about the Rays a little bit. 
at Texas and then four home against Baltimore. Big, big week for the Rays. <laughs> you know, in ter- facing two really good teams. They're only yeah. one, like you alluded, only one game up in the yeah. AL East now. And I mean, it in really technically seven games up on the top wild card. I mean, all of a sudden you start to think about that. Right. Uh, the, it's taken their toll. I mean, the injuries have taken its toll on the Rays. Yeah. Uh, the starting pitching, especially. I mean, it's just it's they've been able to fake it most of the year, but I, I I'm waiting for them to do something. I really think they need to do something. Yeah, I mean it's tough. They lost two guys that were two of the buzzier starting pitchers in draft season with Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmus, and lost them for the year, and they've just been gone for months. They did get Day Glass now back, but yeah, they uh they they they're an issue team because they probably need uh, they need a starting pitcher or two in order to make a real run in this year. You're right, they play four at, or three at Texas, four at Baltimore. I mean, they could. Uh, they could look a lot different after this week if they go like you know two and five, one and six this week. You know, suddenly the season looks a lot different. If they go five and two this week. Suddenly they look great, and everybody feels good about that. But that's a, that's a good call. That's a really fun uh, week for the Rays. We uh, we're gonna learn a lot about them this week. Uh, well, uh, Shane McClanahan like, today too, by the way, coming off the IL. Yeah, that's very a very big start. They needed him. They needed him badly back, and you need him to be healthy. Obviously, that's that, that's huge. It's interesting. You mentioned uh, you mentioned that, but on, on the flip side, uh, we got they, you mentioned they played Baltimore. So we can Grayson Rodriguez up uh, starting today, mm-hmm. facing the Dodgers and at the Rays. Um, obviously, he was a, Grayson was a huge mover uh, in draft season. You know, there was a lot of talk that he was going to make the make the roster right away. He didn't uh, off the bat, but you know, came up right away. Struggled. Has two starts this week. Uh, he's owned everywhere, so I didn't I didn't put him in our Fab Talk really. He I think he's one percent uh, available in the online championship, one hundred percent rostered in the main event. But uh, if you're, he was obviously really rough, seven uh, three ERA in forty five innings. Um, I assume if you've held him, you're starting him this week. You're just kind of holding your breath in that Dodger start, though. Yeah, why in the race start for that matter? Because <laughs> um, yeah, neither, although, neither one's easy for sure. Yeah, uh, he was dealing at AAA. Just yeah. straight up dealing. Uh, so that that's something that is, you have to be encouraged by, at least that, you know, he, he took he took well to the demotion uh, last, you know, in the last uh, 60 days at AAA, 169 ERA, 0.99 whip. Uh, so basically the, the full extent of his AAA st- uh, stint right. there. But uh, yeah, you, you really look at that and you're like, yeah, OK. Uh, and the thing is, we're going to talk about this later in fab uh, our fab talk. It's ugly out there, man. Oh, it's tough streets. Really tough. I have I have one league where I need like I really need a couple pitchers, not just one, not just a you know backup bench guys. Like any guys to start. And I was, I mean, I was bidding on. I had Jordan Lyles and and Luis Medina in my list this week. Like that'll tell you because they had two starts. Luis Medina. Two starts for both of them, and I'm like, well, Medina. Maybe they, yeah, I got that reference. Uh, maybe they, you know, maybe they get 10 strikeouts combined. It's just, it's, it's rough. It's hard to find guys that you don't feel are going to smoke you too. It's not like you're like, oh, this guy would be okay. Like you're just holding your breath. They don't give up seven runs and two and a third and just kill your ratios. It is almost impossible to find decent starting pitching right now. I think, I I think you can't force it. I think you gotta just find your one start guys or find your elite relievers. Your Yenny or Kyrgyzst. Yeah, the uh, and even he, he's been a little bit bumpy lately. Yeah, but yeah, the, the next version I, of that though, you know, I, I dropped right? down to uh, I, I think it's uh, I needed three guys. I and I added uh, Joel Piamps in, in Milwaukee. He's been really good. good Devin uh, Williams. Devin Williams threw all three games this weekend against Cincinnati. So maybe they ease off him to start the week. Um, they, I think they're off on Monday, but so it doesn't help quite as much. But you know, it's just he's, he's pitching really well too. Um, you're right though, you can't force it. I mean, I I needed I needed multiples, so my list was pretty long with some ugly names on it. But who is it's, it's, it's rough out there. It's the difference between 
this year and last year for me. Last year, I had that team where I told you I didn't pick up a starting pitcher for two months. I remember that. Um, God, that felt so nice. It's so sweet. Yeah, and it, it, you just realize how rare it is. I mean, that we got the pitching right that year um, in that league, I should say. Um, but uh, it, it's and this this is going to be a continuing thing, especially the way pitchers are managed. Yeah, it's uh, you're right with the pitching management. I mean, a lot of these guys, when we talk about some of these names, you know, the problem is you not only pick them up and they can be a disaster blow, but they might pitch four innings and get yanked too. So it's just hard yeah. to you, know, you don't get strikeouts, you don't get a chance of the win. Suddenly you take two catches off the board and you got guys who are going to kill your ratios. It's hard to find anybody that's you feel decent about just not killing you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, some good schedules before we jump into other stuff. Uh, the Cardinals are nice this week. We mentioned them earlier. Kind of we're talking about selling and trade deadline. But offensive-wise, um, they're three against Miami, four against the Cubs. Pretty good situation there. Uh, although they do face Jesus Lardo and Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara this uh, this week. So that's a little tough, although you know Sandy's been not quite uh, not quite 2022, Sandy. Uh, the Cubs have a nice schedule, too. You mentioned uh, you know attacking Washington, pitching. They get Washington in the front half of the week. We talked about how the Giants get Washington in the back half of the week. And the Cubs get uh, four against St. Louis this weekend. And we've mentioned that St. Louis is bad. So uh, that's a good spot to be, too. Yeah, it is. It is. By the way, the Cubs, still the only NL Central team with a positive run differential. Even though the Brewers have won four in a row, they're still negative eight on the year. Uh, even though, and even though they're 10 games over 500 and the Cubs are six under 500. But, uh, all, you know, they've just won some. They've, they've lost all the one-run games and uh, had some blowout wins, I guess. But. Uh, no one's talking about, you know, the Cubs are another one of those fulcrum teams. Uh, they could sell off too. Marcus Stroman would be a big prize in this market. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Nelson, the chat asked Jeff, are you, are the, are the Dodgers buyers the break? If so, who do you think they go after? I think they definitely are. And I think it'll be a starting pitcher. They've been, they've been playing uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of musical chairs, the starting pitching rotation. They've had a lot of injuries. I, I know that uh, Urias is back. Kershaw should be back maybe at the start of August, although it sounds like he's not going to be as quick as we thought he was when he first went on. No. But, I mean, they're throwing Michael Grove out there. Uh, you know, Bobby Miller came out of the game yesterday with some knee soreness. I think they need – I think they need one more starter. I think, that, I think they'll go pretty aggressively after one more starter. You think two? Two more yeah. starters. And they a probably need to. They, they probably need two more. You're probably right. And a right-handed outfielder. Um, they're using an, uh, uh, yeah. Peralta – Outman and Hayward on a regular basis in the outfield, and right. Mookie's in the infield right now. All you're right. All three of those guys are lefties. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, obviously JD at uh, at utility or at DH helps a little bit. That used utility juice. Uh, mm-hmm. DH helps a little bit there, but you're right. A, a right-handed outfielder who can play some defense would probably be pretty good. Preferably there, center field. You know. Yeah. So you need somebody to run around uh, out there pretty. Well. And I don't think uh, Jake Marisnik is it, but uh, he, he's there right now. Is he? Is he right-handed? He's. I'm trying to visualize his swing. I don't try to visualize too long, but yes, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I try. It's weird. I can, I can see his face, but I'm trying to visualize. I'm usually really good at that, but um, I'm looking. Yeah. Marisnik is, he is right-handed. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah, you're right. Not the answer. Um, I think that the, he is an answer, but not the answer. <laughs> I, a kind of an answer. Uh, Josh Altman from Redwood city, California, right by my house where I grew up. I did not know he was uh, such a local. That's awesome. Uh, cool. Well, let's jump into, uh, let's jump into fab, but first a, a note from our, pa- our partners at AG one, uh, AG one is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG one a try because I wanted better gut health, a boost in energy, immune, immune system support. Also, I hate taking pills. So this is really great for me. And I want a supplement that actually tastes damn good. I drink AG1 in the morning before starting my long days. It makes me feel ready to take on my day. And also, like, I'm feeling – I feel like I'm doing something good for my body. 
Since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed an overall feeling of health plus sustained energy, improved digestion, and most importantly, support for mental clarity and focus because, Jeff, uh, I'm old, so I need that. <laughs> um, covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could be an easier, which is why I trust AG1. I mix, uh, just mix one small scoop uh, with water, drink it first thing every morning, and I'm done. It has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients. I also like it. It costs less than 3 bucks a day. Pretty good if you ask me there. It's a really effective daily habit with high-quality source ingredients. It's really a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first packages. Go to drinkag1.com slash roto. That's drinkag1 slash roto. Check it out. They uh, sent some uh, their product to me as a sample, and I I, I can attest to the taste. Um, nice, I mean, and that, that that matters too. Some of the stuff is uh, is pretty gross tasting, even if it works. So it's nice to uh, have something that's, that tastes pretty good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about hitters um, in, in Fab first. I felt like that was we talked about the the pitching streets were uh, were pretty tough. Uh, I want to talk about hitters first. Let's let's get two out of the way real quick because they were. Uh, you know, we probably didn't uh, look into them as much as we would have because they were not available in, in NFBC leagues. But obviously, Cleveland's play, playing a lot of different leagues. You mentioned Christian Encarnacion Strand. Also, Andy Rodriguez in Pittsburgh. The catchers get called up. But uh, Encarnacion Strand, obviously, he's the big name. Uh, he'll be a uh, he'll be big in Fab next weekend, assuming he, everything goes well this week. Um, he'll be the big name in NFBC leagues next weekend. Uh, Jeff, is he going to play every day? Where does he play? How do our Reds work out the situation with uh, with CES getting called up? That is the question, obviously, yeah. because he is a first baseman. He did play third base. That's obviously kind of that's all take locked up right now. The left side of the infield is, you know, pretty much they're, Ellie. They're not, and, they're not and messing with Matt. Right? They're not messing with either of those guys, right? Yeah, Max sometimes plays second with Ellie or, or DH when Ellie gets his shortstop reps in. But for the most part, those two are on that side. You got India in there still. So, and when one of those is playing DH or something like that, then Steer is still playing third base. So. Right. It's first base, but then you've got Votto. Now, Votto's not going to start against lefties, so that that's some of the uh, the piece of the puzzle there. They've been playing Stevenson more behind the plate lately uh, and less DH. That's got to be a pathway there. Steer is playing more outfield right now. I know at one point they were trying Encarnacion Strand in the outfield a little bit. I, I don't really think that's a good idea, but we'll see what happens there. Point is, they're going to have to do some mixing and matching to make this all work. They're already kind of a deep team. I mean... You look at it, they're like Nick Senzel only starts against lefties. Uh, and he rarely gets a start against a right-hander. So now you're adding one more right-handed bat into the mix. It's it's kind of tricky. So probably a little bit of Votto, a little bit of Steer, a little bit of Fraley, um, and maybe you know a game here, a game here and there for McLean. Seems like kind of the way it works out. But you're right. It's, it, these things usually work themselves out. Someone gets hurt. Someone slumps. But... Um, you know, there might be a few frustrating days where uh, one of your Reds favorites uh, sits a little more maybe than you want him to. I think so. Yeah. How do you feel about Encarnacion? Just strange to say, as a as a prospect here, are you excited? Do you think he hit can hit right away? I'm mean, obviously a 20, uh, 20 home runs in Triple A already this year with sixty five runs, sixty two RBI. I mean, obviously he's mashing. Doesn't strike out a ton either. You know, a lot of this process you see called up like uh, some of the guys we'll get to later that you know strike out a lot in the major in the minors. He was twenty one point eight percent this year, walk rate over ten percent. Um, He's having an awesome year. He's in 331 yeah, in AAA. Yeah. Uh, just pounding the ball. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, I, I mean, you, you got to like a lot of things that you see here. Uh, he, and just another power bat. And honestly, the Reds, I know when they had their, they had a streak of like a home run every day for like 20 days. But they, before that, they were actually one of the lower power output teams for the season. Uh, they could actually use another power bat, believe it or not. So 
Um, I, I, I'm actually kind of low-key intrigued about that aspect of it there, too. Uh, I, I kind of think that he's someone that, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be someone that uh, we – he might struggle with the batting average. I worry a little bit about him, like, beating up on bad pitching. I think that happened in spring training. Um, I mean, the walk rate really took that leap up this year, and I, I'm, I'm very encouraged by that. Yeah, I am too. I was actually actually happy you were on your way to think to the Hollywood Bowl yesterday. When he got called up, so I was able to add him in Yahoo. Friends I saw that. Right away. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. I, I was not. I was not getting him if you were around the computer. I do. Uh, I do understand that. But I was surprised. I think he was actually rostered earlier, and then whoever probably, whoever had him probably just you know it's a really small bench, so probably couldn't hang on, hang on to him. But uh, right, I snapped him up. You uh, you did that to me and a couple of guys, so I had to get you back once. Um, Andy Rodriguez in Pittsburgh uh, getting the call today. Obviously, you know, we're always looking for any kind of catcher who's not uh, who's not bad. Um, six home runs, four stolen bases, hitting 270 in uh, AAA so far this year. So not jump, numbers that jump off the page. He was really good in, in A ball and AA in 21 and 22. Um, do you think this is a like an impact must add catcher two right off the bat? What to, how do you feel about Andy getting called up in Pittsburgh? Obviously, uh, in most NFC leagues, he'll be he'll be popular next week. He was available in a few leagues. He had a he was available in my yogurt league. He got a really got a really big bid. I wasn't close to getting him. But uh, yeah. how do you feel about Rodriguez as kind of an impact guy uh, off the bat as head catcher? Well, I mean, I like that the Pirates are calling him up. Uh, like you said, he didn't crush it this year, but he crushed it at every other level before. He did. Um, and it's not like he was striking out a ton or anything like that. Um, no, he's, almost, at- he's almost he's, his K to walk is almost even. It's it's impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, and it's fifteen percent strikeout rate. So he just wasn't pounding he wasn't hitting the ball for authority that's that is concern his iso at triple a was 151 um prospects you want him well over 200 but he is yeah, behind 30, the plate 31 percent hard hitting in triple a too which is i saw that and i'm like all right we'll see what happens this week but uh i became a little less intrigued fantasy wise at least off the bat when i saw it when i looked a little deeper like you did yeah austin hedges is hitting 175 with one homer though so the bar bar so, to improvement is pretty I, low I, 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 I would have lost that, but I would have taken the under. I would have been. I would have guessed lower than that. It's believe it or not, he he's on a hot streak. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I thought he was like in the one thirties at one point, which is why I said that. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's not great. I mean, not someone who should be blocking anybody. That's for sure. Right, and I know they like what he does defensively and all that, but come on, you're the Pirates. Reality is kind of settling in, and I I, I say that knowing that people could be saying that about my Reds in another week. Our Reds, sorry. Yeah. Uh, if we get this, uh, Jeff, I jumped on the bandwagon. Don't kick me I know. off quite yet. I, yeah. I would never shove you off. Don't I worry. don't have my Ellie Dela Cruz shirt on right now, but I do have one. So there is, there's that. I'll, nice. I'll wear it next week. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, uh, but let's, uh, speaking of uh, teams and jumping off bandwagons, uh, the A's uh, called up two prospects this week. Uh, they, the first week all year where the A's are the most interesting te- team in Fab. Uh, Zach Geloff and Tyler Soderstrom got called up this week. Um, Geloff is a second baseman, a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. So nice combo there for fantasy leagues. Soderstrom is the A's top prospect, a ton of power, but also a ton of swing and miss. Uh, how did you handle these guys in fab this week? Was there one you were more interested in? Was there maybe team dynamic roster wise, what you needed, but uh, how do you kind of feel about these guys? It seems like they're going to play every day. The A's have no reason not to play them. If they, you know, if they let, uh, you know, some of the, uh, you know, Aled Miss Diaz, Tony Kemp types take at bats from these guys, it'd be frustrating. But I think they're up to play on them. They'd call them up uh, to sit. So how do you feel about these two guys? Uh, in some leagues, Soderson was listed as a first baseman, which was interesting. But yeah, he, uh, NFBC, he was first base only. So you get no, you don't get, you have, he's going to have to qualify a catcher before you can play him there. Yeah, which is a bummer. Uh, however, 
I have Josh Donaldson to replace in the league, and so we got him <laughs> you, for you, four you bucks. Think, you think Josh Donaldson's a drop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it, was, it, it with, with wow. yeah, four to two was the win. It was it was definitely a keep him honest sort of thing. Wow, um, that's uh, I mean. I think he's going to swing and miss a lot right away, but I, uh, I think the, the power's there. Four bucks, I would have, I would have taken that in a second. That's that's pretty nice. And, and it's a nice spike drop too. So got yeah. that going for us there. Yeah, nothing like Josh Donaldson. Who you know, you're like, all right, well, I'll just I'll just keep him through this course series. I, I, I do that, and then he gets yeah, hurt. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. It's funny because he had no the fans. thing last week where he kind of grabbed his calf, and you're like, oh, here we go again. Then he, he stayed in the game. You're like, oh, maybe not, but man, that calf is always an issue for him. I'm looking at my leagues. You know, it wasn't big on SodaStream. It was a, uh, I see a 13. I actually see a five. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty low. I, he was my backup bid on that one. So I didn't, I would have gotten him, but I got the guy that I bid first. Then he went for 12. So yeah, the bidding was not, uh, not really intense for social. I think that people worry about the batting average a bunch there. And also the team dynamic, the home park, there's a lot of stuff going against him there, but uh, Zach Geloff was definitely way more popular. He went for 74 in one of my leagues. He went in the thirties for one of my others. And that's, those are big bids for this late in the year where nobody has money. Um, there's been a lot of fab articles written. Zach Waxman does one every week, you know, stuff that there's not te- there's people are not spending money more. People are sending like 12 bucks average a week, something like that. And it was 11.75. People just don't have cash. So the Geloff going for that much. Uh, he was the, he was a, he was a big prize this week. Yeah, uh, and I think you you hit on something though too. I didn't see a single triple digit win in any of my three main event leagues. So no, I don't think nobody I has money left. Yeah, I think Geloff was the most. He went for seventy four in one of my online mains. That was the biggest one I saw. Yeah, uh, fifty one for Soderstrom in one of my and uh, one of my mains uh, right. online main. Uh, and then in one of the leagues, twenty was the highest win for any any given player. So. This Damn. is where we're at right now. That was Mike Moustakis. Uh, that was that was my Vegas main, as a matter of fact. I think it's just because we sp- there's there's no shortage of pickups this week. Right. There was like twenty five pickups, but twenty dollars was the most for anyone who went yeah. for. Yeah, look at my, my Vegas main only had two over twenty, and they're both in the thirties. So yeah, it's uh, I think those leagues are so. I mean, it, every, every all these main event leagues are really active. But it seems like the Vegas leagues are definitely ramped up from activity, at least from from my my experience here. Yeah, just yeah. It, there's one. Uh, one of my onlines was pretty small uh, in terms of the number of players picked up. Uh, it, but that was the fifty. Yeah. So Soderstrom went for fifty-one in that league, but there were six, eight, ten, eleven players total picked up. Oh wow, that's really low. And we didn't get one. We got ace out on our guys, but we also I think we spent the previous week. Uh, so we we just got yeah we got outbid on Soderstrom, Lorenzen, and Marsh. Yeah, Geloff has been really good in Triple A this year, and I think the the twenty steals kind of jumped off the page. You look at his Fangraphs page, you're like, oh, twenty steals. Like I, that's someone that I'm interested in. Twelve home runs, hitting three hundred four. He does strike out too much. It's going to be a lot of swing and miss. Uh, went through uh, University of Virginia, you know, pretty decent uh, decent prospect. He was a second round pick by the A's. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the problem is going to be the strikeouts. He was at twenty eight percent in Triple A, which means we're going to get. We're going to get a 30% in the majors for sure. But if he gets on base, he's fast. He can run a little bit of pop. He had a ball to right center this week where, you know, kind of looked like he hit the ball pretty well, but it hit the top of the wall in Oakland, which is a really good poke, that really tall wall in right center. Um, so I think it's like, wow, that you know, the ball really jumps off his bat. So he was someone uh, I needed steals in one league, so I went pretty aggressively with him. I got him in the 30s there. Um, you know, there's not a lot. Of, who knows who else is coming off off the board here in bats. Obviously, we got Encarnacion Strand coming uh, next week, but after that, you know, that's kind of one of the last bigger names that we expect to uh, to bid on. So, uh, playing every day with some speed, I, I saw the interest in, in Geloff this week. Uh, 
middle infield was interesting, I thought, this week in, in some leagues. Uh, Zach Neto is available in some leagues. Oswald Peraza getting called. You mentioned Josh Donaldson earlier going to the IL. They call it Peraza. A lot of people have been clamoring for the Peraza call up. Although, to the Yankees' credit, Peraza's been terrible since like June 1st. Yeah, the minors yeah. hit like hit like a buck 70. Then he had an injury, he missed a week. Uh, I know he was really, really hot. I think he had nine home runs in May. He was hot. Everybody wanted him right away. And then he's been really bad. Um, so the Yankees just kind of, I think we're waiting till their hand was forced. And with Donaldson on the IL. Uh, but how do you feel about these guys? Uh, you know, Neto's hitting uh, leadoff for the Angels. Hard hit rate's getting pretty good. He's kind of. As he's played along, he struggled early, but getting looking a little better. You know, hitting hitting in front of uh, you know Otani and and at least maybe Mustakas and uh, you know Hunter Renfro. I know Trout's not there, but maybe some, a bunch of runs scored. But how do you feel about him and Peraza? You know, guys that are available this week. So I, I got totally whips on him, Peraza. I dropped. I've been held, holding and holding on him on AL Towers, yeah. and I needed a spot, and I dropped him. So of course he got oh, called up right after yeah. that. And that's um, uh, that's AL only, where you know that's uh, that is valuable. Which is just how my Tout War season has gone. Yeah. Uh, same thing happened with Bailey Ober earlier in the season when I actually had healthy players. Now I would never consider dropping him. But uh, yeah, it's Praza though. I, I they brought him in to pinch run yesterday. Yeah, stole a base. I stole a base, and then he got caught going to third on a sack fly, like uh, all that. That ended in an inning, and then later on they got walked off, so that mattered. You kind of you kind of just summed up the Yankees like last six weeks in in one sentence right there. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's bad times right now for Yankee fans. Um, well, I mean, yet, we talk about we talk about speed power guys. I mean, Peraza was 19 home runs, 33 stolen bases last year. He's 12, 11 in the minors this year. Although uh, you know, with the with the batting average, he doesn't strike out a lot. So you think the batting average should you know not be that bad? He's he's obviously struggled when he's been been with the Yankees. Uh, the only 13 games, 39 played appearances. So kind of who cares there? But you just kind of feel like. At some point, you just hope they play him every day. Like I just, I don't know if the path the path is there at the moment, but you know their offense needs a right. spark. I would like to see them just put him in there for two weeks and kind of see what happens. Let him hit, get let him get comfortable. You know they were so they've been so consistent with Volpe and just letting him play. And when you get like Cabrera and Peraza, they struggle a little bit. They start taking him in and out. I just don't, I don't know what the playing times to look at. But if I were them, I'd find a way just to play him every day for a couple weeks and just kind of get him comfortable and see what happens. I agree, uh, but. They've got the guy that used to be DJ, DJ LeMahieu. They got to play, so yeah, I guess. I mean, you look at their lineup, and it's crazy. You look at McKinney and Isaiah kind of Falefel kind of in the starting lineup. Most, I just it's such a weird lineup right now. You just expect big names, obviously, with Judge not in there, it, it's a huge hole. But um, I don't know. They they you feel like if Peraza can get warm, like he's got a spot there pretty easily with, with some of the names they could replace. Yeah, for sure, but. Yeah, it's just quite, you know, him and Cabrera have just been a big, you know, I, I expected decent things from both of them this year yeah. and they got neither. Yeah, Cabrera has been especially brutal after last year. He showed a little bit and this year I mean, he's hitting 211 right now, OEP of 270. Like that's a, that's a bat you just don't need. He's really, he's valuable based on the fact that he can play about six positions, but offense wise, he's been, he's been really bad. Uh, Remember all those that? Jason Dominguez spec ads too, uh, all that, you know, that's he was, another yeah, guy. He, he crushed for like three weeks in spring training. Everybody's like, "Oh, he's going to make the opening day roster," and he's just, uh, I, what's he doing in uh, in in Double A? Is he doing a lot? No, he's doing poorly. Two twenty, three sixty two, three seventy eight. I mean, he, at least he's walking a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know he's twenty, so there's time still. But it's like, yeah, it, it, he's one of those. You know, hasn't hasn't this guy been around forever? No, he signed right. at sixteen. You know, it's like okay. Slow down. I, don't, uh, I didn't remember him being such a stolen base guy. He's got 25 stolen bases. So still, still, you know, still has an upside. Yeah. But, but it's you're not right. happening he's in, this year. 
uh, hitting under 220 with uh, with a lot of strikeouts. I don't think that uh, Ellie, he's he's not knocking down the door. That's for sure. No. Um, what about uh, Mike Mustakis here in uh, in in Anaheim? Had another home run last night. Uh, playing a bunch of the Angels. Anthony Rendon, shocker, is uh, is hurt again. Went on the IL. But uh, Mustak is hitting the ball hard. He's. Uh, I think there's actually a little bit of value here. I added him in one main event league. This is obviously a deeper league play, but uh, I think Mustak is the play right now. He looks. Uh, he looks better than he has in a, in a few years at the play at the moment. Yeah. Um. You know. I, I think he's Mister Right now, not necessarily yeah. Mister Right. But yeah, I'm not. This is not a long term ad, but you know, for the next couple of weeks, I think he's going to play a bunch. Yeah, I mean, they got Trey Cabbage and Fred Tomato and other people trying to vie for the Plinton. Trey Cabbage, that's I, actually his name. Mike Cubbage, I, I was thinking of when he, I saw that. Uh, he came in to pinch hit on it was that crazy game. I think it was Saturday night. He pinched it in Red Fever for him. And I was like, I was like, Trey Cabbage. I had to look him up, but I, I actually was intrigued. He had uh, over 20 home runs and over 20 steals uh, in the minors. I, I, I put him on my list. I think, thinking that guy's going to strike out, I think he's going to strike out like 40% in the majors, though. Yeah. Um, At least it's his first time through. But an interesting guy with some pop, but I think he's going to strike out a ton. I think so too. I think so too. Uh, 110 Ks in triple a, when you strike out that much in triple a look out, I I, I legit, he has a chance to be a 40% strikeout guy. I think uh, it's the first time through, but uh, he's, uh, he's got some speed, got some pop. So maybe if you, you know, fall into a hot streak, it could work. I had him in a couple of uh, bids. I didn't end up getting him, but I did have him there. Um, so Uncle Ted in the chat mentioned the next guy up, uh, Travis Jankowski, uh, playing pretty well in Texas. Yeah, only issue here is he never he never plays against lefties, but um, plays against uh, most righties. Not always. I picked him up a couple weeks ago. He actually had a five RBI game. It was beautiful timing. It never works out that way, and you, you, know, you don't expect that from Jankowski. But uh, hit 326, 13 stolen bases. I think is the key here. He only has one home run, but 13 steals, only 165 plate appearances. A guy that once he gets on base, he runs. They face the Dodgers weekend who can't hold anybody on base. The people yep. run crazy against the Dodgers, and they face three righties. Uh, if you play in an NFBC tab league where you can kind of put him in, in the weekend, uh, he's a really interesting guy for kind of a Friday-Sunday stream this week. Yeah, uh, looking to see uh, the the pitching matchups in that one there. That's that's always it's, key. It's, they Bobby, it's Bobby. Yeah, it's Bobby Miller and and uh, Gonsolin and uh, Sheehan. Bobby so Miller, maybe. Three righties. Yeah. yeah, and and if it's not Miller, you got to think it's Gavin Stone. They probably they could call him up if uh, if Miller's in pitch. So either way, it's not going to be a rise. It's going to be three righties against a team that can't throw anybody out. It's it's an interesting steal week if you can get on base. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, looking at other names here, I looked at Brenton Doyle in in Colorado. He's been dropped in a lot of leagues. He's someone that uh, can can run a little bit, plays every day because his defense is so good. Uh, so he plays most days. Uh, Patrick Wisdom is an interesting guy, uh, you know, a, a ghost from the past year, but uh, plays against all lefties, and the Cubs get three lefties to start the week. They're facing the Nationals. We mentioned we mentioned their uh, their really good schedule. They face uh, Mackenzie Gore and Patrick Corbin on Monday and Wednesday, and they switch over and play um, play the Cardinals on Thursday, and they get Steven Matz on Thursday. So he gets three out of four uh, early this week against uh, desirable pitching. He's a, a really interesting kind of sneaky play for the first half of the week. He finally had a homer on uh, the 15th. Uh, yeah, that'd be Saturday, I guess. Yeah. Uh, before that, you know, he had gone a really long time with that. You know, he got hurt for a little bit. But remember, he led baseball, I think, in home runs at one point in April. Uh, he yeah. had 10 quick ones. He was, he was hot. He's, he's now stuck at 15. So you can tell just the extent of his slump. Uh, yeah, but- you want you want a guy that strikes out a lot too. Like he's it's an insane strikeout rate. It's a uh, it's a deep league play for the first half of the week. But uh, you know, if you're looking for something, I think he's in, I think he's playable the first half of the week, and you hope he runs into two. I would have yeah, I probably avoid him in points leagues because of the negative points for strikeouts. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but 15 home runs, you mentioned it, they were pretty much all in April, but, uh, you know, we're got like 19%, said, 19%. If he run, rate, runs yeah. into two of them this week, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. But, yeah. When he runs in them, they're usually they usually hit pretty hard. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of swing and miss there. Also, uh, anybody else offensive-wise before we jump into the, the rough pitching that you found yourself uh, looking at this week? No, I think you covered it. We, we covered it there. Um, it, I think it was tough on everything this week, but yeah. It was, and you're kind of coming off three days too. So, like, you know, some of these fringy guys maybe didn't play as much, so there wasn't a lot there. But uh, you know, you know, right. probably open up a little bit, get some guys that are injuries and trade deadline. Hopefully, we get some some offense to call up. But uh, let's talk about pitching real quick here. You know, it was rough, but first note from our sponsors at Home Run Index: We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what the heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is played on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for a good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There's a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10, for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 home runs over the course of the year. And it is just created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium, how the weather's, weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Obviously really good for any kind of gaming or DFS situation. Right now you can access – you have access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Jeff, we mentioned uh, starting pitching has been really rough. Uh, was there anybody you were looking at? Uh, obviously, Grayson Rodriguez was rostered everywhere. Um, I looked at uh, I looked at Alec Mar- Marsh and Ryan Yarbrough and Casey. Marsh came off a game where he struck out 11 guys. Uh, that was mildly interesting to me, so I had him on some lists. Yeah, uh, me too. Matt, Matt Manning was available in 12-teamers. He was about uh, 32% rostered there. Uh, what are we do with starting pitching? Because I, uh, as mentioned earlier, I found it almost impossible to find anyone I wanted to uh, even think about touching. So Marsh and Manning took a chance on because yep. they're young enough. There's a there's an unknown fact. You know, it. I don't think they've been solved. I don't think that we know exactly what they are. So why not? You mentioned the eleven Ks with Marsh, Mar and sure. Marsh Marsh and Yarbrough get Detroit this week, which is obviously a matchup yeah. thing. It helps too. I couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger on Yarbrough. Um, I kind of drew that line there. Manning, cool, yeah, uh, cool, cool story. The Yarbrough's back after getting hit by the line drive, but yeah, it's, yeah, uh, for sure. You don't get you don't get any strikeouts, so you just like you're just holding your breath. He doesn't get smoked on ratios. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but like others on this list, like Oviedo, Daniel Lynch, uh, Stripling, it's just a bridge too far for me. Um, I, I just couldn't do it. Manning, I, I'm definitely interested in to see. Like this is his first start since the no hitter. Um. They gave him a lot of time uh, there. I hope he's sharp, actually, without the extra days off. I'm a little concerned about that, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Detroit's an interesting team, I think. You know, they could be sellers at the trade deadline. Um, they, they could sell Erod for sure because of his unique contract situation. He's got an opt-out uh, that he could exercise. There are 10 games under 500. They don't score runs. I mean, they've scored 357 runs this year. It's a really bad offense. Even though they, they've had some young guys coming back. Riley Green just came back. Torkelson's kind of figuring things out. Kerry Carpenter had himself a day uh, this weekend against the Mariners. Yeah. I, you, you can see things that you're like, okay, I can see some there. They're in the right division. Uh, I mean, the Guardians just have lost four in a row. I mean, the, the Tigers are only six games out, out, of the, out of the division. So you can see them like, okay, let's try to go for it because a team like Detroit just getting playoff experience would be pretty huge. But at the same time, they're not very good. So Erod could get dealt. Um, gotta gotta think they trade Lorenzen, right? Like peak peak value. Like gotta sure. gotta pull the trade. Trade him back to the Reds. Um, you know, <laughs> I could see that happening, but uh, probably not actually. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. They're gonna get Mize back someday, theoretically. Uh, then they get Mize, Scooball, and and Manning, and yep. all of a sudden. Yeah, they, they got the, their core there again. Fiedo is just not going to happen, I'm afraid. He was a first-round pick. That stinks when a guy busts like that, when you're yeah. first-round pick bust. But feel bad for the kid, too. I mean, he's just it's just not happening right now. Do you uh, – someone in the chat mentioned the White Sox. Do you think the White Sox end up trading Cease or Lance Lynn? I think – I don't think they're going to trade Cease, but uh, Lance Lynn, I imagine they – you know, Cease is not a free agent until 2026. I assume they're going to want to keep, on, keep uh, that contract, although he would obviously bring a big ticket. But do you think they trade Lance Lynn? Yes, I think they if they can they trade Lynn, they treat trade Giolito. I I don't think they trade Cease. Uh cuz cuz a couple of years still left on the contract. I think that's a little different situation. Giolito is like a must move. Um I I 
I was telling people at the break, I did a VEASAN segment. Like, I don't think the White Sox sell-off has been priced in yet uh, in terms of like team total, like total wins. But I think you could, I think uh, they, uh, to get, they would, they would have had to go 34 and 36 to reach their win total if, by going the rest way from the break. And I know they won two out of three this weekend in Atlanta, but I, I think that they're going to start selling off these guys. Yeah. And when they do. And um, G Lou is a free agent, so that's a rental. You got to think they would like to get something for him there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't think Hendricks gets dealt, um, just because two things. One, I, I think there's just a lot of health uncertainty, and two, yeah. I think it's fundamental value to keep him with the White Sox too. So I don't yeah, think I, that, that happens. But I'd they, probably they, uh, you could trade Graveman though. You could you could trade the to trade the setup guy instead. Sure, uh, you could trade him. They could trade some bats away. Eloy got hurt again yesterday. Ugh. It's just, like every time you're like, oh, Eli's been healthy for a while. Boom, there it is. They, they, they said four or five days. Yeah, if he's in the lineup Friday, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm so jaded about him. Yeah, um, and I, I'm I'm the dummy that bought into it, too, in the in drafts. Oh, he's I, like, I got I, some I, Eloy I this year. After last year, he'll be healthy. Oh, God, what was I thinking? I, I did, too. And you know, every time he gets going, you're like, oh, here we go. It just it's another thing. Um on the starting pitchers, I did take a shot on uh, Johan Oviedo. Uh, just, uh, you know, two of, uh, you know, when he pitches well, he pitches really, really well. But, man, he's bad when he pitches badly. You just don't know what you're going to get. But that's how, that's kind of how desperate I was. He gets, mm-hmm. uh, he's at the Angels this week, which, uh, you know, I don't love, but don't hate, I guess. They just played a 13-12 game. I don't I know. know they, oh, play, they, they played, what, what was last night? What was last night? 8-7 or what? 9-8? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously, you know, maybe he can just walk Shohei every time. But, uh then he's at San Diego. It's so it's not great. I just it, it just speaks to how little there is out there that I'm I'm looking at some of these guys that I would normally in most seasons would not even consider. But right, um, you know, need strikeouts at some point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about relievers? Uh, we had a couple situations open up over the weekend a little bit. Uh, Hunter Harvey went on the IL in Washington, which puts Kyle Finnegan in our world again. Uh, the the Rangers kind of kind of announced that that uh, Chapman and Will Smith are going to share the job, which I'm a little surprised by. I thought that uh, I thought they brought in Chapman would just be to, to set up, I mean, a really good setup guy, but I thought Will Smith to keep it because he'd been pretty, been really good for them. Um, was, uh, was Chapman available anywhere for you? Did you bid on Finnegan who obviously, uh, you know, we know we're get some ratio damage there, but uh, you know, not horrible. Uh, did you, uh, did you grab any of those guys or what do you consider about those situations? Uh, you know, I mean, Finnegan is probably the guy, but it seems like they, they don't want him to be the guy. No, uh, although I think right now he probably is. Default because there's really not too many other options. I'm trying to even look to see who else Washington has, and then I'm looking to see if it even matters. Uh, it, could, it could be like the A's, though, where, yeah, Trevor Mays got six A's, but they have seven. You know, yeah. I, it's like, uh, I mean, I guess it's Mason Thompson's really it is the only other option right now. God, what a that is a, by the way, I'm looking at the bullpen now too. That is a rough bullpen. It is rough. It is rough. Uh, so yeah, don't, I don't have too many really good options as far as that goes. Um, and Finnegan's ERA is three, four. I mean, he's, he's serviceable. The, the whip's a little bit high, but he was good last year. I uh, had a one, one, four whip last year. Strikeouts were up, but they're back down again. So like that bump we saw last year is kind of gone. I mean, he's just a guy that you just, if you have him, you need saves, you're desperate, you got to do it, but just don't watch the game. Yeah, right. Um, I was surprised seeing Chapman get the save Saturday. Look so good that they went to Will Smith yesterday. Uh, happy because I have a lot of Will Smith and I don't have a lot of Aroldis Chapman. But I mean, that I think the Rangers still add yet another reliever too at some point in time, a right-handed one. 
Yeah, I would think so. With Chapman and Smith both being lefties, you think that they would do that. But, I mean, the funny thing with Chapman is, like, Chapman's fully back. You know, he's not the elite guy he was, but he's fully back to the, the you know, 2020 type guy where he's the, the strikeouts are at 43%. I know the walks are crazy high, but that's just who he is now. We're mm-hmm. never going to get that walk rates, you know, in the even in the 11 12% range we used to have. Or he was under 10 when he was really elite, but 14% walk rate's tough. But when you strike everybody out, even when guys are on base, you swing strike rates 18%. He's back to those like elite, elite swing, swing and miss days. And yeah. ERA is 2 1, whips 1 1 1. I mean, this is an ad for a team that. Uh, the Rangers are really good. Their offense is really good. You know, if they can piece together the pitching, they're tough. Uh, it's a really important ad, real baseball wise. I think that uh, I they, they made a really good choice here. I, I agree. Uh, and they did it early. I, I, yeah. This is a I point we we drive home all the time. You know, in, increase that impact. Add at you know, it's hard to do because you know you got to get willing sellers, and that yep. that's the tricky part. But fantasy leagues wise too, the earlier you can add these players, when you know, especially you're in a keeper or d- dynasty league. Yep. If you're a, if you're a contender, act early. You know, and the other thing is, it's going to force others to kind of react too, and they'll have to make that hard decision: are, are they going for it or not? Um, and they may make a bad trade in reaction to that too. I mean, there's it may make a good trade and for, force you to compete, but maybe you get the jump on everyone, especially like you do it like right before a, a transaction deadline. It may surprise people, and they can't react for another week, and then you got a weak jump on everybody too. So. Getting someone, you know, July 1st as opposed to August 1st, such a huge difference. Like you said, yeah. fantasy and real baseball, it's 50% more time. I mean, it's just three months instead of two. It's a huge difference. I always remember CC Sabathia going to the Brewers weeks before the trade deadline. He made like five starts before the deadline, and they were all great starts. I mean, massive. I was about, I was about to say, how, how were those starts? Were they any good? Yeah. Uh, big impact. He looks he looks good by the way. He's lost like 50 pounds. He was playing in the uh the uh the golf the celebrity golf tournament this weekend. He looked he looked really good. Yeah, um, he's, he a, he's, da- he's, he's down to a nine handicap, too. So apparently he's uh, wow. he's heavily invested. He was a 20. You were watching because of Steph, right? Oh, that was awesome. It, it's, just, when it, you it, said it, you were watching golf, I had to figure that out for a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Scottish that, ended way the, earlier. The, Why were you Scottish watching was, golf? The Scottish was awesome, too, although bad for me. I picked up uh, I picked up Robin Robert McIntyre in our league, played him in one and done and had him in DraftKings. And I thought I had like the biggest score ever with, uh, with the, the one-week pickup and then Rory birdied 17 and 18. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's like you still got a great. It, it was still a great pickup. Though. Yeah, it still know. was, but just like I had, a, oh, I had a bet at eighty-five to one too. So that. Oh, now that part. Yeah, that, that part is that part was really key. So I was up at like six thirty watching that. It was it was actually really fun. I still Those have Rory per- left in one and done. I was saving him for next week. Shame on me. I should have used him. At least it was a small purse. It was only like one point six million. But uh, yeah. the, those birdies in seventeen eighteen were. I don't know if you watched it all, but it was windy. I think there were two birdies on 18 all day. McIntyre is one of them, but the fact that he birdied that birdie 17 18 was it was quite impressive. I'm gonna if I'm gonna lose, at least I get beat by something like that. I I, I can deal with that. Exactly. Uh, relievers that uh, you know we talked about starting pitching is rough. Uh, a couple of guys like Griffin Jacks was available in some leagues. He's pitching really well in Minnesota, and Yoan Duran pitched all three games against the A's. So that's someone that maybe they give him two days off. Like he may mm-hmm. uh, Jacks get a save. Jacks could pitch him this week. Uh, we mentioned Joel Piamps earlier. Devin Williams pitched all three games against our Reds. So, you know, you're always looking for small situations like that, especially with good relievers in spots where maybe they can steal a save. Uh, you know, maybe they give Williams a couple days off. They give Duran a couple days off. Yeah. Um, They're off today, at least. So that helps them, too. But it, it, it both those are both teams off. They are. Huh? Uh, the oh, Minnesota uh, plays today. So no, I'm yeah, talking uh, Brewers. Yeah, um, but Brewers are off. Uh, Minnesota plays seven this week with Duran pitching three games. I think Jax could get a. You know, if it, it, like, you have to, they have to win the game in the right day, but like at least the Jax is good, so you know protecting ratios there. 
Last thing I want to ask you, pitching wise, uh, I think the the interesting ads the last couple weeks have been pitching stashes, guys coming off the IL soon. Uh, we're talking Chris Sale, Nick Lodolo, Jose Jose Arquiti, a little less interesting even when healthy than those two guys. Kyle Wright in Atlanta. Uh, have you found yourself trying to grab any of these guys? Because it seems like they're all back. Maybe you know early to mid August. Maybe you hope for six good weeks with pitching being so bad. I don't like to stash, but I added Lodolo in one spot. Like. I just I'm keeping him on the bench because it's either that or keep some pitcher that I don't want to pitch anyway. I haven't stashed much. Um, I, I I hate doing it. I just found myself a little bit this year just because I you know if I can get six weeks of a good pitcher it'd be, it'd be nice. I think Shu and I stashed Rikidi too soon and then we cut him. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah, yeah the timing is right about now because you probably maybe you wait three to four weeks and get them. Um, it, and it's kind of thing like if they get any kind of setback or any kind of like soreness in in their rehab, I'd probably just drop them, but. Um, I don't know. You're with pitching being so rough. If I get six weeks. Of one of these guys, I think it might be helpful. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, sale, I think would be the, the obvious upside target. Yeah. I, I, he'd be my number one. Lodolo would probably be my number two and our would be, or could he be pretty far down the list as number three? A uh, few players I want to ask you about before we uh, jump out of here. Uh, we talked a lot this preseason about uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, he was he was heavy riser, middle of the first round. And it seemed like in the as he got to the bigger drafts, he was kind of pushed towards the end of the first round. People were like, I don't know if I trust him as a first rounder. Um, Sixteen home runs, twenty seven RB or twenty seven stolen bases, hitting two sixty. Uh, strikeout rates down. Uh, he has fifty runs, fifty one RBIs. That's a team dynamic thing. It hurts a little bit there, but. Uh, has upped his hard hit rate. We were worried about that. It wasn't great as a rookie, but he's up to the 45%. Bale rates up 3%. Uh, he's, his stat line looks really, really legit right now, and he's he's paid off that first-round price in pretty much every way. Yeah, I think so. Eric Holterman and I were talking about him on the Thursday pod last week and talking about, you know, hey, he's – all the metrics even point to him even being a little bit better too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely been it. It's go figure. Elite, you know, yeah. that he, he's gotten there. Um, I I think if there's one of the a hole in my game, it's the I need to see it thing. I did that with Wander Franco with Rutschman. You know, I don't have a whole lot of these guys. I got wit early on, and then I talked myself out of them later on. Uh yeah, yeah you guys young players can crash and burn too. See also Michael Harris, although he's gotten better. But yeah. you know, these young pedigree guys are young pedigree guys for a reason. And I want more of them, not less of them next year. Yeah. I mean, Witt's a fancy monster. Interesting enough, real base wise, only a 301 OBP right now. He just, this is, this doesn't yeah. walk. So you'd like to see that. I mean, as he gets kind of, you know, in the real base world, you like to see that a little better, but 1627 in uh, July, July 17th, he's going to fly by his, he was 2030 last year. So last year he was really good. Fancy wise. He's going to fly by those numbers. And it's, uh, it's been fun to see. You hope that, uh, Kansas City can get some guys around him because he's he's clearly a clearly a building block there. Do we focus uh, so, too much on OBP? By the way, I, I'm thinking uh, like Adelise Garcia here. Yeah, I mean, we probably like, we're always like a downgrade, you know, guy for real baseball. But yeah, probably for fantasy, we probably if unless you play an OBP league, obviously, then it's very important. Yeah. That, you know, which or strikeouts, but, I guess, is maybe more what I'm focusing too much on. Yeah, it's hard because there's these freak guys that can kind of be really good. Um, but like Javier Baez is that way until he wasn't. So you just That's uh, a good you worry point. that there's a, there's a there's a cliff right there. But you're the guys that can, you know, Witt doesn't strike out, which is nice. Um, yeah. And Adelise, to his does. credit, is cut down on his Ks yeah. a little bit, too. Sorry I interrupted. Um, he's a he's a freak, too. Like, yeah. He's just he's just I, I love I, it's just funny. I went from like I had him as a, as a rookie. I added him in both my main event leagues. His rookie year he was huge for me. And I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this again uh, to the point now. I, I love watching him hit. He's just he's fun to watch. Play. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm glad he's on a good team. Um, someone who was uh, we, we didn't really know what to do with in, in preseason this year, and he's kind of an eighth, ninth rounder. Um, I grabbed him uh, in the main event. He's been good for me. All the rest of that team has not been. But Christian Yelich uh, looks oh. fully, fully back so far this year. He's got a 53% hard hit rate. Bail rate's 10.6%. Like, you look at – he's not quite at the 2019 levels, but that was happy fun ball year, but he's really close to it. Um, you know, the, the hard hit rate's the second best of his career. Bail rate's, like, fourth best, but he – you know, 13 home runs. He has 21 stolen bases. He's fully running. He's on pace to to break his career high for for stolen bases, which is that 2019 season. Hitting 286. The strikeouts are down. You know, you look. It's crazy. You look at 2020. He struck out 31 percent of the time. He's back down to 21 percent, which he was in his elite days. Um, I think he's just fully healthy finally. You know, that back was was an issue for so long. Um, he's been really good. I feel like it's been quiet, but he's been really good this year. I am sick and tired of seeing Christian Yelich against my Reds. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. So sorry, sick and tired of him. He, he owns, our Reds. He, he owns our, our Reds, by the way. He really owns them. Oh my God! Yeah. It's you know, you know, he has like two cycles against the Reds. Maybe you know <laughs> he, he's ownership. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to find like uh, like the actual full on like career numbers against the Reds. It's ridiculous though. He just owns them. Had another homer yesterday. Just uh so sick and tired of him great season happy for him blah blah now get the hell out of town please yeah go do it somewhere else but i mean he's been he's been awesome uh you took you talk about obp i mean he's just 378 his slugging percentage is 100 points higher than it was in 2021 um i just think he wasn't healthy for a long time there a back is something that like it just it just never fully goes away until it finally does but it just lingers and lingers and lingers um it's good to see him healthy though he's a he's a, he's a fun guy he's a really good he seems like a really good dude I know he's uh, I know he's beaten our Reds, but it's been fun to see him kind of get back to his elite status. Yeah, exactly. On the full flip side, uh, what does one do these days with Alejandro Kirk? He was super uh, helium in in in, uh, in spring training or in in you know spring drafts. Uh, coming off the year, we hit 285 with 14 home runs. Uh, Kirk right now is at 231, three home runs, obviously no steals. Uh, he has 15 runs scored this year in a lineup that. Oh. Has a ton of guys to drive him in, but he's never he's, he's on base percentage down sixty points from last year. Slugging percentage is under three hundred. He's at two ninety eight slug right now. He's actively hurting fancy teams. He's actually hurting real world baseball teams. Um, hard hit rates down nine percent. Barrel rates down under five percent. Uh, I looked at him. He was available in one of my leagues. I looked at him like I just couldn't see any reason to pick him up, which is weird. But do you drop him yeah. right now and just kind of move on? Like I don't know what you do, what do you do with someone like this. You obviously spent a pretty high draft pick on. I mean, I cut him in friends and family, um, but I think that's a, I did. It's a, that's a one catcher league too, at least. So that that yeah. makes it a little bit easier. I think you did because I saw him available there too, and I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, and looked close. Oh, I'm like, Christian oh, Kirk's want, available. Oh, don't want that. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow, you just dropped a Christian Kirk on him. You got to stop doing football. <sighs> did I say Christian? Good <laughs> I grief. did say Christian. <laughs> Alejandro, sorry. Um. Yeah. That. That's. That was really it's bad. Only, it's, um, only, it's only July, Jeff. I know it's football season, but it's only July. Yeah. I'm doing the uh, football pod in about an hour twenty minutes. So. Oh, it starts out <laughs> this week, right? Yep, it does. I don't uh, start the football pod till September, so I. I did live Scott time. Fishbowl on Saturday. That was super fun. That uh, wherever you guys were looked really cool. Uh yeah. So that was Trophy Smack down Is the that city a of Orange. Company that makes trophies. Is that actually yeah, fantasy do? trophies? Okay. Right. Uh, you know belts draft. and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah belts dra- all all sorts of you know good stuff for your fantasy leagues prizes all that sort of stuff great time there i think there were like five drafts going on at once nice. um and it, they, that place is ridiculous they, they have like a bolt a two-lane bowling alley you know 
video games, pool table, ping pong table. I would say I liked the I liked the Travis Matthew clear top ping pong table. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play on that. I really wanted to play on that, but uh, anyhow, uh, you're a tennis time. player. You're a good ping pong player too. I'm pretty good. Um, well, look at you. That was said very to the point that I know they must be really, really good. Uh, it's all right. Uh, I, I I wouldn't go on any tour or anything, but yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, couple, I have the strokes. Couple of a uh, couple of pitchers I wanted to ask you about before we jump out of here who've been really good lately. Uh, Kyle Bra- Bradish in Baltimore. We talked about him a lot last year because it was like the weird half year where he was really good. Then he was lucky. It was very strange. But you look at him right now: three point oh five ERA, one point one three WHIP in a year in a year where pitching has been hard to find. Uh, strikeout rate's about twenty three percent. Walk rate has gone down really nicely, down six and a half percent. You know his BABIP is two eighty six, so maybe a little bit lucky, but not like you're not a number that you're like, oh my gosh, well that's where it comes from. Um, yeah. you know, strand rates about normal. It's up from last year. We saw that was lucky last year. Um, Bradish has been really, really good. Gets a lot of ground balls that mixes really well with the, you know, the kind of medium level of strikeouts. Um, he's been huge. I know his, 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 uh, he's like XFIP is a little, is, is higher. It's three, seven, seven. That's still a workable number. Um, he's been really, really good for Baltimore. Yeah, uh, he has. And, uh, you know, he got off to the sl- a little bit of a slow start. So people don't maybe not be fully aware of how good he's been. Uh, you know, obviously he was hurt a little bit earlier on. Uh, you're not getting huge strikeout numbers, but good ones. Um, yeah. you'll take that there. Uh, yeah. And on a, on a team that is clearly really, really legit and really good. Yeah. Uh, love that. Love that. He kind of started right back off yesterday from where he was, uh, going into the break, uh, really, really pitched well against the Marlins kind of cooled the Marlins off a little bit there. So, uh, yeah, really, really nice role. He's been on lately. Yeah, he's been he's been great. I mean, one of those guys that if you got him in the mid rounds, he has been he's been huge because he's putting up you know numbers for a fourth or fifth rounder. The other guy I want to ask you about is someone that gave up gave up seven runs his first start. We're like, all right, let's get rid of this guy. Cutter Crawford in Boston has been yeah. really really good since that blow up early. You know, he uh, he he went he went to the pen and he was, he was so he wasn't pitching a lot of innings, but uh, he's made a. Uh, I think it's like seven or eight starts in a row. A couple of you know, one couple of those games up four runs, but no more than that. Yesterday against the Cubs, six innings, one hit. He did have the four walks, but nine strikeouts. He's got that ERA under four now, which is hard to do when you give seven in your first start. He's a three seven four one one three on the whip is really nice. Uh, he's another guy, you know, to about about the same numbers uh, K to walk as Bradish has. That uh, twenty four and a half strikeout rate, a little bit more, but six point two percent walk rate. You know, so only eighteen percent K minus walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, swinging strike rates at twelve point eight percent, like a really good number there. Uh, he's someone that looks really really good, looks legit right now for the Red Sox. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I would, he and Brian Bayo have been like two very yeah. good stories for the Red Sox this year because these are sustainable. These are these are things that can last for a while for this team. Uh, I think Cutter Crawford can last for a while. We'll see. I mean, yeah. now they they finally settled. Like, hey, our young guys have to stay in the rotation. Um, finally, yeah, agreed. Now, and part of this is they had to figure out what the Tanner Houck got hurt. That opened up a kind of a, yeah. an avenue there, and, and that was an unfortunate. Sale got thing. hurt. Whitlock got hurt. Like they've been kind of forced to do it, but in some ways, it's kind of maybe they, maybe they figure out what they have here, and when the other guys come back, these guys can stay in too. Exactly. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. I actually liked watching. Um, you know, whether the Red Sox have been a little bit, they've been fun to watch uh, recently. They've been hot, and they with, with these two guys pitching. Uh, you mentioned Bayo and Crawford. It's been fun to see a little bit of a, some of the young guys get to pitch there. So they've been uh, Crawford's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump out of here, a couple of injury notes. There are no games today until four o'clock Pacific, so there's no early games, which is kind of nice on a Monday. Uh, you mentioned Eloy Jimenez could be out four to five days. Who knows if that's actually you know I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on the IL, but 
obviously, I mean, NFC type leagues where you can play the first half of the week, just get them out and worry about the second half later. Uh, Shane Bieber uh, went on the IL. No. Uh, they mentioned two weeks without throwing, but no surgery. So, like, good news in the grand scheme. But fantasy wise, it's July seventeenth, and you got to figure if he doesn't throw for two weeks, we're talking at five weeks before he pitches the major game. Four weeks at best, but you got to figure he's going to, you know, ramp up bullpens, maybe a rehab outing. We're looking at four or five weeks before we see him back on the mound in Cleveland. Right. And then what do you get when he does come back? Like, is yep. this is the guy whose velocity was starting to go down anyhow. Uh, who, who, is it is it three or four innings for a couple starts too? Like, when can you actually use him is a really good point by you. Yeah. So thank you. Um, do you. Do you hold him? I'm now thinking about not. Uh, I saw, I think I saw he got dropped in a couple of main events. I'd have to, I'd have to look at the exact percentage, but I think he got dropped in a couple I think in a 15 teamer with pitching being as it, as it is that we've, we've mentioned multiple times, I think you got to keep him there, but like in a 12 team online championship, I think that uh, I don't think it's crazy to drop him right now with uh, the thought that you're hoping to get a month at the end of the year, maybe right. 97 uh, K I think was it 97 K's 95 K's on 117 innings too. So yeah. really not getting the benefit of the bargain here. I, I And they say he doesn't need surgery. He won't throw right. for two weeks. Yeah. We've seen this go sideways many 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 times um yeah. i i, I want to say most times it's probably not most times it feels like most times but you're right, right. there's a lot of times he's uh he's 96 percent rostered in the main event now so it means he got dropped in three leagues if i'm doing the math right so it's mm-hmm. uh starting to get there but uh, yeah i think in a 12 teamer if i needed the spot and i'd drop him there I'd, I'd hold him in a 15 right now though yep i hear you uh, Kevin Gossman is an interesting call this week. Uh, he was scratched on Saturday with some left side discomfort. I typoed that in the outline. Sorry about that typo there. <laughs> I just uh, noticed that. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, not going to pitch this weekend or this week earlier, the first half of the weekend against San Diego, which means maybe he pitches this weekend against Seattle in a league, uh, like almost any league, you know, even in FPC, you got to, you got to make your starting pitching decisions early in the week when they when the game start. Uh, do you sit him this week? He's so good. You hope to start in Seattle. What does one do? Obviously the answer is going to be who's your alternative, but uh, how do you feel about uh, Gossman? Because you're taking a really good chance of zero because there's a pretty good chance they backdate him and put him in the aisle just to, just, just to be safe with him. Yeah. When you all of a sudden it goes from side to oblique. Uh, yeah, that's that's know. when you don't, know. Don't say that word, Jeff. We don't want that. Oh, I want to be up. Yeah, so. It's what it, it's what it is. They just don't want to say it, but uh uh, if I had to make a decision, I got to make a decision on Tuesday with the with the Jays. Um, I'm sitting Gossman this week. As much as I hate to do it, uh, yeah. I'm sitting him. I just I think the chances of zero are, are too high for me. You know, despite the fact that he's obviously great, um, I think I'm sitting him this week. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, which stinks because he's your yes. ace. Yeah, and you're and you're putting your tenth best pitcher in, which is especially painful. Uh, speaking of the Jays, Jordan Romano uh, had, had had the the back tightness during in the uh. All Star game. After he gave him a monster home run, uh, was that I forget who? Hit oh, him. monster foul ball. Oh, was it? That's right. That one was foul. It was. Uh, it was Gurriel. That's right. It was a foul ball. But yeah, it was. Yeah. That was a hanging, hanging slider. Out of hanger, Sarge. Yeah, uh, I got that one too. Um, any um, with Romano's imaging came back clean. He obviously was not ready to pitch because they had a couple save situations over the weekend. I think Yimi Garcia got one. Eric Swanson got the other. Um, same situation uh, with Romano. I think I'm throwing him this week, but. Uh, I'd sure like to see a, a good news blur before I before I made the decision. Oh, for sure. for sure. Yeah, we're gonna get the dreaded Monday news drop. I feel like some a couple yeah, of these guys, it, right? It, we we are. They, the problem is they don't play Monday, so we might get the dreaded Tuesday, which is worse because uh, you might not have an option to put in. Yeah, that's right. 
So a lot of teams play seven this week. So uh, as of now, I'm starting Romano, but uh, I'm clearly uh, scouring the news there and making sure mm-hmm. that if I can get him out, I, I, I can do so. Uh, last guy I want to mention, Sal Perez. I'm just I'm kind of hitting on the big names here. Uh, hamstring. Uh, he went out with hamstring tightness yesterday. Then they mentioned hamstring strain when they updated. Said he's going for testing Monday. That's not good. Um, I'd be shocked if as a catcher he doesn't end up on the aisle, which is almost impossible. I have Perez in one league, and I actually went and picked up a backup catcher because I just I just think it's not going to work out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hard to squat when you have a bad hamstring. It's, it's exactly the point. I guess he could DH, but yeah, I think that. Uh, uh, I mean, even the even the mildest is strange. You got to think with the, with the ability to bake him ten days and fifteen days in, in the aisle for offensive players. I got to think they do it. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody else on this list was kind of just uh, minor notes. Obviously, you know, like Eddie Rosario, Cedric Mullins, you know, check the lineups this week. They, uh, they both sat over the weekend with some, with some minor stuff, but uh, you know, those are, those are lineups you just got to check. Um, other than that, I think that's uh, kind of it. Jeff, it was, uh, it was good to be back with you. It's been a couple of weeks. So I enjoy, uh, enjoy chatting as always. Great to be back. Um, and great. Thanks everybody for chiming in the chat room too. We appreciate it there especially with our different record time today. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of, it's kind of fun. There's a lot of people like talking back and forth to each other in the chat, just kind of using that as a, as a place to chat about. There's a lot of, there was some prospect chat that I didn't know some of the names, so I couldn't weigh in on, but uh, it's fun to see that. Yeah. Love just people want to come to hang out, talk ball. It's all good. Um, So always a good thing. Indeed. Indeed. So thanks everybody for chiming chiming in today. Appreciate you. Absolutely. We appreciate that. We'll be back at you uh, next Sunday night. And then I hope everybody's a really good uh, good week. Good start to the second half in your fantasy leagues here. We look forward to uh, chatting it down the stretch here. I hope everybody's a really good week. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.